Hello again, and thanks for tuning in. This is Brian Wheels, and you're listening to The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly of the Aviation Maintenance Industry, A Raw and Uncensored Look. In this episode, we're going to talk about what is pencil whipping and why you should be concerned. Stay tuned. All right, in uh, this episode four of this podcast, we're going to discuss pencil whipping and why you should be concerned or should you be concerned. I am your host, Brian Wheels, and uh, this is a, a another really good question and uh, is a topic worth discussing. Now, what is pencil whipping? I'll give you a few examples. Um, mechanic goes to a gate call and... Um, and the discrepancy or the write-up is uh, external power, contactor, circuit breaker, uh, tripped twice. Now, <laughs> at, uh, at some airports, some are worse than others, uh, the external power cart, uh, which is the uh, external power applied to the aircraft from a piece of GSC equipment, that provides electrical power for the aircraft on the ground. This way you're not using, you're not running the engines, you're not running the APU, um, and you have a source of external power plugged into the aircraft. Some airports are worse than the others as, as far as how they maintain their GSE equipment. And at a big airport, let, let's take Denver for example, where um, you might have you know, a couple hundred, well, let's say you might, let's say you have, uh, 150, uh, external power units and GSC doesn't always maintain. That's the ground service equipment mechanics. They don't always maintain them. And <coughs> excuse me, your, uh, ramp agents, people working on the ramp, um, that are turning on the external power cards, plug them into the aircraft. Sometimes they screw around with the settings. Some are, sometimes the uh, the cart itself is just a piece of garbage. Anywho, um, you get what's called dirty power. And the aircraft, some aircraft are more prone to uh, tripping the external power contactor, thus the uh, circuit breaker controlling that, than others. If the external power cart isn't giving you a pure 400 hertz uh, frequency, um, AC voltage, then you can trip the, um, the external power contactor breaker in the aircraft. So it's a nuisance. It's a nuisance write up and mechanics, uh, get frustrated with, you know, mechanics are just like any other humans, you know, they, they can get frustrated with, uh, some some of these calls, some of these type of calls, and they'll go out to the aircraft, and they, they see a write-up, um, the breaker tripped, it was reset once by the ground crew, and now, let me stop there, um, and certain, certain airlines, certain policies, uh, the 
flight crew is allowed to reset circuit breakers, certain circuit breakers on the ground. Okay. Sometimes flight crew also reset circuit breakers in the air there. And that's, um, generally it's a, it's a no, no, you know, us mechanics don't want the flight crew resetting anything. Okay. Now there are situations such as a QRH, um, or an emergency situation, or when they're directed by maintenance control in which they uh, can very well reset circuit breakers. The rule of thumb is, uh, generally one set, uh, reset is allowed and it pops again, uh, contact maintenance and, uh, create a, uh, discrepancy right up in the logbook. But, uh, in this example, and, and this, and I, I've seen this occur. I've seen guys do this. They arrive at the gate and they know that this GSC cart or this uh, Jeep, um, external power cart has had issues with delivering dirty power to the aircraft. And, uh, so they just, they just reset it and call it good. But what they also seen was that this aircraft had two prior incidents in the same day, let's say. Same circuit breaker popping on the ground. Is it coincidental that you had a GPU at the last two airports, two separate airports, that was delivering dirty power to the plane? I mean, maybe. But if that was me, okay, I've seen two previous write-ups on the same day. Um, I'm going to investigate this. And what I would have done is call maintenance control and say, hey, you know, we have two uh, previous write-ups, discrepancies, you know, today for the same issue. And depending on where you work, depending on the policy, uh, it's general, generally, if you have uh, two or more of the same uh, discrepancies within a certain period of time, then that requires grounding the aircraft to investigate further. Well, this isn't always the case with mechanics. And, uh, you know, although they see that there have been two previous write-ups, and, and mechanics should always look at the history, the, the recent history of the aircraft, and see if there was any um, recent occurrences. Not all of them do that, or not all of them care. And so, circuit breaker popped. It's the third time and they reset it. They sign it off, they pencil whip it. Good to go. Uh, another example is, uh, let's say service checks, okay? The aircraft is inbound, you know that has a, uh, a service check, which is um, generally a, a time-generated check on the aircraft for certain items to be looked at, or it could be generated by a history of occurrences for, you know, X item on the plane. And when the aircraft arrives, it's at the gate, let's say, uh, for an hour. And you go check, you know, you have to do the service check on it. One thing I see happen a lot is uh, checking uh, the condition of the tires or tread depth. That is very often pencil whipped. And what that does is, you know, you, you might have an unserviceable tire that really needs to be changed. 
and some lazy mechanics will just say, well, screw it. I'm, I'm going to say it's good. We'll hope that the flight crew doesn't catch it on their walk around or that they don't know any better and we'll send it on its way to the next station. Then it gets to the next station and they get a ride up and they say, well, this just came from, again, let's use Denver. This just came from Denver. Why didn't they do that? Okay. They pencil whipped it. They, you know, they let it go. Now, why is this concern? Why are, why is this concerning? Right now, if you're the average Joe passenger and you're listening to this, you're wondering what in the hell? Are you serious? Well, you might ask, well, Brian, what could, what could come of, you know, a circuit breaker having popped and, you know, due to possibly external, you know, dirty power from the external power cart. Well, it's, in the example, the first example I used, it happened two other times. This was the third occurrence, and the, and the mechanic didn't give a shit, and he signed it off as good. Well, what are circuit breakers? What, what is the purpose of circuit breakers? They are to protect the wiring within the aircraft. Essentially, essentially the wiring gets too hot, okay, and it trips the circuit breaker. The circuit breaker it is, is designed to protect the wiring within the aircraft. It's designed to protect the wiring in your house, right? Um, the way I see it, at a third occurrence, it's now time to ground the aircraft and investigate further. Um, I have found in my experience that there are such things as bad circuit breakers. And other mechanics out there would agree with me there circuit breakers do go bad um there is uh, also i have found fod which is foreign object debris or foreign object damage um, within the circuit breaker panel uh, there's zoo screws that you you know, twist circuit breaker panel is hinged comes down or folds open and uh that's that's common too you'll find uh uh, metal shavings from you know previous uh, structural repairs. You'll find uh, debris, debris, lint, uh, dust buildup. You'd be surprised how much dust and lint debris gets collected back there. It's it's very dirty, and those can cause uh, shorts, malfunctions. Um, circuit breakers just sometimes they just wear out, and uh, I've replaced you know I don't know. Uh, in my almost I'll see 14 years, probably 30 or 40 circuit breakers. And they, they do go bad. Um, but it could be indicating that there is an impending issue or a current issue in the circuit breaker in the wiring. It could be cha- uh, chafed wiring. Uh, you know, there, there could be an issue with the external power um, uh, socket itself. You know, it's... Also, not uncommon for the rampers to bend the contacts within the internal uh, external power socket. So there's things that should be looked at that are not always looked at. And again, poor mechanics, they, they get complacent. Uh, they just get ignorant. They just so, sometimes they're close to retirement and they don't care, right? Now, some of you listening to this will think, well, Brian, you know, I've, I'm not that guy myself. I've done that a few times. You've never pencil whipped anything? No, 
I haven't. Oh, come on, Brian. No, I, I haven't. I, I am that guy. I am that guy that would likely irritate you because I'm the Barney Fife of mechanics. Because, <laughs> you know what? I worked hard to get my AMP. I worked hard to advance my career. Why would I, why would I risk it? Again, going back to what I said several episodes ago, would you put your family on this plane you just fixed? If the answer to yourself is no, or mm, I don't know, that doesn't cut it. Do the job right the first time. Let's talk about the tri- uh, tire tread depth, okay? During a, a service check. Guys will pencil whip that. Now, why is that a big deal? Because the tread on that tire could be worn as such to where, you know, uh, let's say a heavy braking incident or occurrence um, as you're, you're taxiing, right? Or a rejected takeoff. You're heating up that tire, right? The tire is worn. It could, it could burst. Now, let's say it wasn't a... Uh, a heavy braking occurrence or, a, or an RTO, it can still burst. You're going to take that risk? Believe me, mechanics do that. So stay tuned. We've got some further uh, examples to talk about in regards to pencil whipping coming up right after this message from our sponsor. Hello to part two of the good, the bad, and the ugly within the aviation maintenance community, a raw and uncensored look. Topic uh, on episode four is pencil whipping, and should you be concerned? Now, I just received a message from uh, a buddy of mine, and um, I was discussing with him what uh, you know my next episode might be and such, and he made the comment that, uh, to the effect of, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna piss some other mechanics off, or they're gonna, you're gonna receive flack for it, uh, for what, what you're stating. And, you know, it's not the first time. <laughs> uh, I, I piss someone off. I piss someone off. You know, people need to know what happens. Okay, the reality. Again, this is the good, the bad, and the ugly of aviation maintenance. Now, I'm not ragging on mechanics on the whole. I'm ragging on mechanics who are piss poor mechanics, okay? Now, why? Let's talk, let's take a moment and, and talk about why would a mechanic pencil whip paperwork? Why would a mechanic not further investigate a maintenance discrepancy that's occurred several times already in the same day as I, as I made in my first, uh, first example. You know, I'm not a mind reader. Uh, I can't tell you what's, what goes on in the mind of, of that particular mechanic or those particular mechanics. Uh, I have my theories. Um, that is, I, I think some of them, they, they had been working the job so long, they're close to retirement, they, you know, they just don't give a crap. You know, what's the chance that they're going to get caught? They're going to get in trouble, right? Sometimes it's it's due to uh, pressure, being overworked or overloaded with work. Um, it's also 
not uncommon for uh, supervisors, you know, managers, even leads to put the added pressure on their mechanics to, uh, to get out there and run these calls. Um, call volume varies. I mean, you could have a day where you have only, you know, 40 gate calls. You could have a day where you have over 200 gate calls. And you might only have on a given shift maybe five or ten guys. You know, I've, I've run calls on, on days where there was only two of us. I've run calls where I was the only guy. And we've had to call in people who are off shift to come in and, and pull in overtime. You know, manpower is an issue too. You know, and it sounds like, well, you're just making excuses for them. I, I'm not, you know. Um, I'm not making excuses for, for that type of behavior, uh, for those actions, and they should be held accountable for those, those actions. But that is the reality of it. And that's no different than, than any other industry um, where you know, you're, you're overwhelmed by work and you might cut corners. But I made this point several episodes ago that, you know, aviation is to be taken seriously. The maintenance performed on the aircraft is to be taken seriously. And shouldn't, you shouldn't uh, disavow your integrity, compromise your integrity to do something half-assed. Let me give you another example of where pencil whipping occurs regularly. Uh, let's go back to service checks and, and um, checking oil. Okay, checking oil is a monotonous, routine job. Okay, it's not as exciting as going out there and you know, troubleshooting a, a malfunction on the aircraft. It's, it's not as exciting as, you know, other maintenance tasks are. And so mechanics get complacent, you know. They either just pop the lid, look inside. Yeah, there's oil in there. There's oil in the reservoir. Okay. Snap it back close, put the cap on, put the access panel back in place. Boom, done. Some mechanics don't even do that. I have seen mechanics on a service check just walk to engine one, walk to engine two, and God forbid you have a tri-jet or, you know, like, like a, like a two seven, or you have an MD-80 with tail mounted engines or an, you know, an Embraer, an older Embraer, CRJ, you know, really, God forbid you have to you have a 4.7 that needs oil checked and number one and number four engines. Or the APU has a service check. You know, now you're getting, you know, ladders or likely a, a lift to go do that. I have seen guys just, just do the walk and pencil whip it. It's been done. So, you know, uh, another question might be asked, well, is there, is there um, policy in place to oversee that, to prevent that from occurring? Um, depends on the company. 
Uh, I've been at several companies where they require you to put in the oil quantity, either in the logbook or the electronic logbook, and people, uh, the quality department will check that. Usually it's the quality department will, will check that. Sometimes it's uh, maintenance control, but, but generally it's not. So there is, you know, things in place to try and prevent that from occurring. But I've never, I've, I've seen people get, you know, their pee-pee smacked for, for not following the procedure. I've never seen anyone get walked out the door. Um, when I was a manager, uh, I had suspected that of occurring with some of my employees and I, I've spoken to them. You know, did you check the oil levels on, let's say the APU? Oh yeah, yeah, I did that. But this person had a, a history of not doing so. And every partner that they would, they would, uh, be teamed up with that day would say, Hey, I, I know he didn't. I actually went back afterwards and did it for him. And, um, you know, I've, I've, uh, implemented corrective action against those folks, um, to the degree in which I could prove to, uh, that, that they had not performed the task. Um, it is illegal as an aircraft mechanic to falsify paperwork. That is an illegal maintenance practice. But have I heard of anyone uh, getting their AMP suspended or revoked for it, uh, for not checking oil, not checking tri- uh, tire tread depth? I have not. Now, if you have, if you have a story or an experience to share, please uh, reach out to me via the message me link or contact me via email at apmechanicpodcast, one word, at aol.com. Let me know what you think. Um, yeah, it's, you know, uh, those are three good examples of a pencil whipping that does occur. Um, in the hangar environment, it's a little, it, it, it is more difficult to get away with it because in the hangar, every, not every task, but uh, there are tasks that are R-double-I um, that have a sign behind, have an inspector um, look at. Uh, there, there are on a, a few occasions the tasks that are not R-double-I that still require an inspector to come behind you and to look for that task. Servicing oil, no, I haven't had a task where that requires an inspection. Uh, in the hangar checking your tires, no. Um, many troubleshooting tasks don't generally require uh, a buyback or an inspector to uh, also take a look at and sign off on. But um, more of the uh, maintenance critical items, there is an inspection criteria that has to be done. And hopefully you have, you know, you have a good inspector. And many of the inspectors I've met, they they are, they are fairly good. It may, and, and, you know, uh, the inspection department can piss off mechanics too. There are inspectors that are just, you know, yeah, that safety wiring job, that, uh, that's got nine twists in it. Okay. Yeah, I don't want nine twists in it. I want six. Yeah, there's those types. Uh, but then again, there is safety wiring jobs that are, are very sloppy, very sloppy. And there's guys that just don't know how to safety wire either. Um, but in the hangar, it is a little, it can be a little bit more difficult to, uh, to get away with that. Um, 
there's a little bit more stringent inspection uh, policy in place uh, for items, uh, for some items. But on the line, I mean, the the thought that I have is, you're on the line. You should have, you should have enough background experience to have gotten to the line environment, and you should know better at that point. I mean, that's something they should teach in A and P school. I wasn't taught that in A&P school, and I know on, I think it was episode two, we spoke about uh, a little bit about my experiences at A&P school and, and kind of dabbled in it in episode one, two, the, the pilot podcasts. But A&P school doesn't go over that. That's not a required item per the feds that the A&P school should go cover. But, you know, that, that kind of sidetracks me a little bit more. You know, a and school is nowadays collect the money, teach them the bare minimum, get them through the door, let's get on to the next batch of students. Um, and that's when I, why I spoke about having uh, a, a good character, good integrity, and, and being that type of person who is willing to say, no, this is wrong, we're going to do it the right way. And if you're threatened to get fired for it, well, so be it. Okay? Now, again... Question is likely going to be posed, Brian. You've never pencil whipped anything. You've never took shortcuts. Off the top of my head, no, I, 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 no, I've never, I've never pencil whipped anything. If, if the task says to do A, B, C, and D, I've done A, B, C, and D. Now, do you do things out of order? Okay, let me give you an example. Changing a tire. Okay, the task says A, B, C, and D. Um, Maybe, maybe B or, or maybe A, okay, said, hey, make sure you have the torque wrench and your uh, adapters at the ready. Well, maybe, sure, I'm at fault for getting them at the ready at step B, right? But I'm talking about, and, and blatantly obvious steps to be taken to perform maintenance. No, I've never, I, I've never taken shortcuts, um, now, is there shortcuts in the sense that, like, like troubleshooting? There, there, troubleshooting is a theorem, okay? There is a process to it, and different people have different processes. Now, that's not, that's not taking a shortcut, right? That's, a, that's different processes to troubleshoot. Um, when I went through my first batch of troubleshooting classes at Boeing, um, we were told to start at the source of the problem. I'm sorry, start at the origin of the problem and work back to the source. And you're using schematics for this, right? The wire diagram, the system, uh, schematic manual. I mean, uh, even, you know, the, uh, the part one of the AMMs, the systems description. Now you start at the origin of the problem. This, you know, for example, the hydraulic pump has failed. Start at the hydraulic pump. Work back to the source of power for the hydraulic pump. Instead of working at, okay, we're going to start at the aircraft battery and trace that up all the way through, you know, six or seven pages of uh, tech pubs all the way to the hydraulic pump. It's, it's a waste of time. So um, the short answer is no. I, 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 haven't, I haven't made shortcuts to circumvent the maintenance task being performed. No. And, you know, this, this all boils down 
to the the overall safety of the aircraft, right? Cutting corners happens. I have another example for you. Flight control rigging, okay, in the hangar. <laughs> that is almost always done backwards, okay? Uh, guys will start at... Uh, so, sometimes maintenance task in the hangar, okay, calls for an entire flight control inspection or... If you find something during that inspection that is out of rig, to re-rig the flight controls, all right? And guys have found ways to start at, you know, the forward end of the aircraft. Let's say in the, that normally it's, it's in the E&E bay, forward E&E bay. And, you know, based on their experience, they know that the problem, you know, that whatever problem they've had generally occurs from something being in the Ford E&E bay. Now, that is a, a means of troubleshooting, using your experience, your knowledge, based on things that you've, that, that have occurred before, or, or your counterparts, your peers, and you said, hey, I've seen this before. That isn't circumventing the maintenance of the plane. That's, you're, you're basing on this you know, location to look at for a problem, okay, you know, it's based on your own experience, the experience of others, what you've seen before. Um, Now, if the task card says, check the rig of the, uh, the flight control rigging of the aircraft, and you found that um, there was an issue in the rudder pedals, okay, and that rigging is going to be done starting from underneath the uh, likely from underneath the, well, in my experience, from the E&E bay underneath the aircraft, okay, and working backwards. Um, that, that uh, you know, I've seen that not done. I've seen guys just go back to, well, I think it was, you know, an issue on the PCU in the rudder, go back to the rudder. They found the issue, they fixed it, but they never went back to check the entire length of rigging. Um, that is that is what I'm getting at as far as that example. Um, it's it's interesting to to discuss pencil whipping and negating the the instructions in the maintenance manual or the maintenance task you have, and you know automatically saying, "Well, this is this is pencil whipping or this isn't." The first three examples I gave you, that is pencil whipping. That is pencil whipping. And then we start talking about, okay, shortcuts in the sense of troubleshooting. That's one thing, okay? Um, you know, a, a, another thing I see in the hangar that isn't, well, could be considered pencil whipping is you take off an access panel you put it back on, you know the hardware's screwed up, but you go ahead and drill, you know, you, 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 usually your impact wrench and you just, impact driver and you wrench that sucker back on, right? Now, in the AMM, where it, uh, where it talks about removing access panels or access panels in, the, in and of with themselves, if there's damage found, damaged hardware, fasteners, etc., uh, you're told to replace them with new hardware, right? You inspect the hardware, you remove, replace it if it's damaged. Guys don't do that. 
I mean, I, I have seen maintenance, uh, non-routine maintenance cards where there was damaged fasteners found and mechanics put those damaged fasteners on the panel and reattach the panel to the plane. I have seen that happen. And they signed off, they, they did the job, they replaced the hardware. I've also seen people that, you know, you're supposed to, uh, there's sealant missing in this section and they were to reapply that sealant, but they only really reapplied the sealant in the areas that are visible. And, you know, yeah, the inspector came by and didn't really catch that and both of them signed off as good. Well, it's not really, like, it's shame on the inspector for not having viewed it. You know, taking the light, taking his mirror, and actually looking at the whole length of section that needed to be um, sealed or sealant applied to. Uh, shame on the mechanic for saying, yeah, I did it, and knowingly he didn't do that. Uh, I've seen that happen. And, you know, sealing panels is a son of a bitch. And I know guys that get stuck sealing panels, and they hate it. And I feel bad for them because they keep on getting stuck, removing, and reinstalling panels and it's not cool it's not cool um you know i've had to do it too it's never a fun thing but i found that and this is a little tip for you guys who might be new to aviation maintenance if you get a few panel jobs just keep your mouth shut and then don't complain about it and eventually you'll you'll, you won't begin those tasks as often the guys who do complain about it the leads, which is usually the ones handing out the tasks, okay, sometimes it's a supervisor, the leads are going to give you more of those bad jobs if you keep complaining about it, you know. Uh, not all leads are, are great guys. Some of them are, are real pricks. Um, but, again, I digress. So, in the end, in summary, okay, pencil whipping does occur, all right. I'm not going to say that it's, prevalent and it's you know 100 percent of the time it's not but it's something to be aware about and if you're the guy who is pencil whipping ask yourself would i put my family on this plane right now after i sign it off if you hesitate if you tell yourself no then you screwed up and did the job wrong you know um yeah just it 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 happens and it shouldn't. But anyways, it was a very good topic. It's something to think about. Um, if you, you want to give me feedback, questions, concerns, uh, please feel free to reach out to me via the message me link or email me again at apmechanicpodcast, one word, at aol.com. I really, really, really appreciate you tuning in to listen to Uh, another episode of the good, the bad, and the ugly in the aviation maintenance industry. And um, uh, one other thing I want to add is um, if uh, we're we're looking at getting a guest list together here, if you, the listener, perhaps might want to be a guest on this show, on this podcast, I'd like to hear from you. Email me, message me, let me know. It's certainly open to you, the listener as well. You want to pop in the show? You want to talk to me live? Let's do it. So this is Brian Wheels. Another episode come and gone. I sincerely appreciate you listening. Have a great day. Take care of yourself.